Hey DJs, it is Thursday, June 22nd. The Celtics, they got a unicorn, and will there be other unicorns drafted tonight? I'm Mad Max. Joining me, the one and only Sex Panther. Listen, man, it's Thursday, and it seems like the NBA said, hey, we're, we're taking all the headlines today. Uh, no, no one talking about anything else. It's just NBA today. Wouldn't it just be like the NFL to announce something? Like just, Tom just Brady like coming Alvin out of retirement. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Brady back. Uh, it just seems like anytime somebody's got the spotlight, the NFL will find a way to stick their nose in there. But uh, yeah, today's all all NBA. I mean, switching to baseball, we'll touch on that. The Reds still red high. They won't lose today, though, or won't win today either. Uh, but yeah, NBA unicorn. Uh, let's talk about the your unicorn now. Right, the Boston Celtics made a trade last night. Well, they tried to make a trade yesterday to trade Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers and then get uh, Porzingis back. Porzingis, of course, had to opt in to his $36 million player option for that to happen. That trade fell through, but lo and behold, they trade Marcus Smart. They get Porzingis and two first-round draft picks. Marcus Smart goes to Memphis, and uh, Wizards in full rebuild mode. Uh, they don't got much. But uh, it seems seems like they're they're okay with what they got in terms of uh they they got one player from Memphis and who, who was supposed to probably fill in for John Morant while John Morant was out, and they got some draft capital. Panther, dissect this trade for us. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out what Washington's doing because they they get Chris Paul, um, but don't get any first round draft picks for trading away Bradley Beal. And then they trade away Porzingis and trade away a first-round draft pick. And Boston gets Porzingis and gets two first-round draft picks. I get it. You're a homer. I get it. Losing Marcus Smart hurts. But, man, you, when you look at Robert Williams, can't stay healthy. Al Horford's on the way wrong side of 37, I believe, this year. If you can get... I don't know, 60 games out of Porzingis. I love this play. I really do. So here's my thoughts. Yes, as a Celtics fan, I'm heartbroken. Marcus Smart was my favorite player on the team. It is, as, as a Celtics fan, it hurts to see the guy. He bled Celtic green. He, his hair was green. He's going to have to dye his hair again because uh, <laughs> Memphis fucking blue or something like that. But, I mean, I hate to see him go. That said, hell of a trade for the Celtics. I mean, amazing trade. I think they got a ton of value from Marcus Smart here. A uh, guy that's been in the league for, I think, nine, ten years. Uh, has a pretty big contract. And the fact is, the Celtics were kind of log-jammed at guard. I was happy to see Brogdon for Porzingis. I'm like, low risk, high reward, right? Like, Brogdon was six-man of the year, but they had Marcus Smart, Brogdon, and Derek White all fighting for minutes. Now, with Marcus Smart gone, that means Brogdon moves to the starting lineup. Dynamic player. You got Derek White as the main backup. He's going to get more minutes. I'm happy about that as well. He he plays the Marcus Smart role as well as Marcus Smart does. I love Derek White. Cheaper contract. Um, the flexibility of of if if Porzingis and you're right, 60 games is the key. 60 games and, and, and is really worth it. That's that's a hell of a lineup if you can get Porzingis, Tatum, Brown if he resigns, which I believe he can't turn up 300 million dollars. I don't, I don't think he can. Brogdon, I mean. That's that's tough, man. That that is a that's exactly what we were talking about. The Celtics missing was a center, was a guy that could score, a guy that could you know put some pressure on defenses to have to like guard down low. Uh, 
this is this is exactly kind of what the Celtics are looking for. And again, the upside of Porzingis, if he can play it healthy and at his highest capacity, he probably had his best season ever last year. He's a hell of a player. They call, they you know he was called the unicorn for a long time. Uh, Celtics also dealt Danilo Gallinari, who's recovering still from his uh, ACL uh, injury. Uh, so they lost him. Uh, but again, he was a non-factor last season. Anyway, they still have the Grant Williams re-signing to kind of deal with. I, as a Celtics fan, yeah, I'm I'm really sad to see Marcus Smart go. As a Celtics fan, <laughs> I can also say I think they got a lot of value for Marcus Smart. A lot of value for Marcus Smart, and I, I feel like it's overreaction for Memphis to go after Marcus Smart. I know John Morant's going to be out 25 games unless they have aspirations of possibly trading in him and just being done with that, you know, shit show that that is. But I feel like it was a real overreaction. And all, not only that, but they gave up Tyus Jones as well. I'm not real thrilled with that move either. So a team that was really deep at guard has now jettisoned Dylan, Dylan Brooks, justifiably so, and Tyus Jones, John Morant's out 25 games, bring in Marcus Smart. I get it. Defense, it's kind of a staple for Marcus Smart. Um, and then a slight disagreement from me towards you on the Celtics. I start Derek White. I, I leave Malcolm Brogdon in the second unit. Here's why. You add a guy like Porzingis, who really needs to have the ball, and you've got Brown, and you've got Tatum. Like, I don't know if there's enough ball. Let, let Brogdon be the primary ball handler on the second unit and let Derek White and his three-point shooting and secondary play with those other great scorers in the first unit. I personally think Boston would be better suited for Brogdon to be in the second unit. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. I, I don't hate that play either. No, I think that's fine. By the way, Tilted Lines uh, listening live, also a Celtics fan. Uh, same thing. Uh, hates to see Smart go, but, you know, happy they made a lot of moves. It was, it was the definition of insanity. This team was the definition of insanity for the last nine years or eight years, whatever, of them having the same roster. A couple pieces here and there, but the same roster trying to get it done. They couldn't get it done last year. They, you know, they couldn't get it done uh, the previous year against Golden State. This at least, to me, is like, it's something new. It's something different. It's something risk-taking and bold. And honestly, it's a player option. Meaning if Porzingis doesn't work out, they only got him for the one year. And you don't lose a lot because you still got those two first-round picks for, for Marcus Smart. So, hell of a trade. Oh. We'll see what happens. Um, of course, draft day is today. So, lots of trades that could still happen. Um, be really interested to see that. Um and let's kind of get into that. I mean, I think from the draft standpoint, we know if you want to make very little money, you will bet minus 50000 that Victor Wembignana will be the number one overall pick. I mean, Anthony, you making that bet? Minus 50000 I don't have 50000 laying around. I mean, if I put 50 bucks, what do I do? Win a penny? I think that's what it would get me. Like, uh, yeah, he's going to be the first pick. And, you know, I'll, I'd say the only player that comes to mind that's had this much hype, this much expectation, this much of a quote-unquote sure thing is LeBron James. And if he can measure up to what LeBron has done over so playing it, a kudos to him. He'll go to the Hall of Fame. But, man, the, the expectations for this guy is just 
out of this world. Um, I, I expect lots of trades. There's going to be some movement. And one of the things, I know we're going to talk about the draft here right now, but there's something that happened late last night that I kind of want to get your opinion on. First, I think he's stupid. I don't like to call NBA players stupid, but Chris Middleton is stupid. You turned down a player option for $40 million to go into free agency? What the fuck is he thinking, Max? I I had a similar reaction because it's not like he's a young guy. I think maybe this is his last big contract. He's 32 years old, I believe, right? I wouldn't give him um, three years for $40 million. As, and especially because he's injury prone, I mean, you take that money, Chris. I'm sorry, you take the forty million because I don't think I don't think he's going to get a big extension. I think you're right. I think you know maybe maybe he's looking for longevity. Maybe he's looking for like a five year deal. But same thing, it's going to be five years. What fifty five million? He might he might stretch an extra fifteen million out of this. Maybe. I think you play that one year, and then you probably still get a three year deal in the. 20 to 30 million dollar range later or or more I, I don't know how someone that's not a primary not an alpha he's a he's a a number two a number three option he's a good player great role player you're getting 40 million dollars how the hell do you turn that down i have no idea, have no idea. what he's thinking that makes no sense but um yeah draft tonight let's see that it's things like that that's going to affect the draft maybe somebody snaps him up and because they snap him up they trade away a pick they make some trades i do expect a lot of trades to be made at least a half a dozen trades are going to happen with maybe a couple in the top six top ten uh and, and i like trades i i'm really excited i don't think outside of maybe the top three that there's really any guys who are going to be huge different makers for their teams and then even the guys that are going to be drafted in the top three, they're going to bad teams. Like, are they really going to make – is San Antonio going to be a 40-win team because Win Benyami's on the team? No. I don't think so. No, no, totally agree. Uh, honestly, and if, yeah, if you're looking at the key players, it is – it's uh, Victor Wimbanyama, number one pick overall. You got Brandon Miller, the small forward out Alabama. I watched a lot of his games last year because I, I think I mentioned my coworker's godson plays on Alabama. So I watched a lot of Alabama games. I know Brandon Miller. He is a great ball player. Um, I think he'd be a great fit next to LaMelo Ball in, in Charlotte. If, you know, off-court things, I worry a little bit. You know, he did cut, get caught up in that murder thing that happened, oh, that little murder thing he got caught up in. Uh, but listen, Ray Lewis went on to have a, a stellar career and, and win a Super Bowl, so maybe Brandon Miller, who was there at the scene, uh, he, he'll be fine. And then Scoot Henderson, who is um, – he, he's, he's like a G-leaguer, right? Isn't he like a G-league guy that is uh, – G-league you know, at night, yeah. I think he's going to – he's not getting drafted by the, uh, the Blazers. Uh, why would you why would you bring him in if you if you have um, uh, D- Damian Lillard already? Damian. So to me, like Scoot Henderson, that that pick could totally be a, um, uh, a a tradable asset for the Blazers. They're apparently they're interested. They've given Miami a call about Bam out of Bayou. I don't know if you know Miami sells, but I mean. Maybe around a young Scoot Henderson, who the c- comparisons are to Derrick Rose and and Russell Westbrook. I mean, uh, those are good comparisons. Those are, those are healthy. <laughs> those are good comparisons. Um, you know, I've also reading rumors that Damian Lillard staying in Portland is not a foregone conclusion. Like they're still entertaining offers, and if they could get 
you know, Scoot Henderson and then some more number one draft picks, some usable players. I mean, Portland's going nowhere. This is not a good team. So they they build around Simmons and Henderson and get some more draft picks. I could see Damian Lillard getting uh, dealt. And another one, we still are looking at Atlanta, right? We're still wondering what goes on with this Trey Young, DeJounte Murray thing. And I'm also reading Clint Capella could possibly be on the move. So these are some of the things that I'm talking about where there could be some big-time trades happen either during the draft or very shortly after or leading into the draft. But I expect some fireworks to happen uh, centered around this draft. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think there's there's going to be some some possibly some you know um uh, you got to remember last year you know uh, Utah kind of like waved the white flag and and traded Donovan Mitchell right. I mean there's there there is that possibility that Lillard's time in uh, Portland could be up if they can't make a big splash to get him help. Um, you know what I find interesting too. I think this is the first year really that I've I think. I've either noticed or it's even happening that G leaguers are starting to be in like the top 10 of drafted players. You know, guys that did not get drafted out of college played in the G league, starting the G league. And now, you know, that after that one season in the G league, look, you look at this and, and you got uh, a handful of players. You got um, not just Scoot Henderson, but also you got uh, Amen Thompson, uh, who's a point guard uh, trail uh, tracking possibly to get to go to the Rockets at number four. Uh, and you also have um, uh, Alcer Thompson. His brother. Uh, there's Alcer Thompson. Uh, Is that his brother? Uh, yeah, I think his brother, Alcer Thompson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that that. Um is is a shooting guard uh, slated number seven to the Pacers, possibly. So, I have. I don't know. This seems new to me. Well, they have been entering the draft. You know, this this has been happening, and I think you're going to see more of it because one of the things that they're talking about is. Listen, if you are an NBA talent or you that's your aspiration, you want to go to the NBA and the G League will take you, then go there because you're going to play. Let's be honest. The G League is probably way closer to NBA competition than college. College basketball really doesn't get good until you're playing the upper levels or getting deeper into the tournament. There's a lot of patsies, a lot of really bad teams. Uh, you know, there's... What is, what is there, like 360 NCAA teams? You get to the G League, you're playing against budding NBA talent day in and day out. You get used to the travel. You get used to um, you know more games than you would get in college. So I think you're going to see more of this, and they're still basically the same age. I was looking at the age of these players. I mean, so many of them. Hey, they, it's weird how they put them in like 18.5, 19.4, but still like this entire draft, I think is a bunch of people that can't touch a beer. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, there's always the, the, the question about the, uh, the non-United States players, the foreign players, if you will. And of course, when is going to lead that list, but uh, there's another guy from France uh, that, that could be a t- possibly top 10 player, um, uh, Bilal uh, Koulibaly. Uh, he, he, funny enough, he played for the Mets. <laughs> that's the team. That's the team. Oh, wow. Well, that's, no, that's the team name in France, the Mets. <laughs> oh, um, well, you could, you couldn't blame him for choosing basketball over the baseball Mets either. He, so. He's six, eight and he's still growing. He's, he's a younger dude. Um, huge wingspan. I think seven foot two wingspan. His comparisons are to Giannis. So, I mean, that's a guy tracking Good at comparison. number nine. <laughs> 
compared to Giannis. Man, could you, God, could you imagine getting a Giannis with the ninth pick? You know, and that's the other thing. You bring up a great point with these players is, you know, they're not done growing. They've even said women Yami's grown two inches since, you know, over the last 12 months. So these guys are, they're going to get taller. They're going to get thicker. They're still growing into their bodies. Like it's, it's very interesting to see the GMs and the owners have to put stock into unfinished products and really hope you hit the jackpot with these basically still kids. You know what I love about our show, Panther? Yesterday we had a 15-minute episode. Right now our opening is 16 minutes right now. <laughs> and, I've, and I've only got three baseball oh, games. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to actually take a quick break. I have a little bit more NBA draft stuff I want to talk about after the break, and then we'll get into baseball. Stay tuned. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ's Proud to say that we're... Once again, being brought to you by my bookie, but just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on, the best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. We are back. The one thing I just want to look at is a couple of odds. Uh, so I already mentioned the minus 50,000 on Victor Wembiana going number one. All right. Here's where it gets fun. Brandon Miller minus 650 as the number two pick. Scoot Henderson plus 370. I think there's value at Scoot Henderson, not because the fact is I think Charlotte might trade out. I think there might be a team that wants to trade up for Scoot Henderson at number two. So I think that there could be some value to be had there uh, at Scoot Henderson with a plus line at number two. What's your take on that? I don't hate it because let's be honest, when it comes to Charlotte, one player is not fixing that team. They have a lot of needs. And if they can get multiple picks and maybe even some usable players in some kind of a draft, and you think that highly of a Scoot Henderson, make that trade. So uh, if I'm Charlotte and I can trade out, I definitely am looking at it. Then, of course, the Blazers are number three. So to me, Blazers number three, that's another tradable position. I, and, and if, they trade, if they trade Lillard, then maybe Scoot Henderson is the guy that they, that they you know, end up getting at, at number three. He's tracking minus 480 for number three, Brandon Miller plus 360. And then big value play might be Amen Thompson plus 1600. Uh, and so, again, Amen Thompson, uh, another point guard, a G League kind of guy. I don't think he's he's tracking over Scoot Henderson. I think Scoot is, is definitely above him. Uh, but again, it, I think it really depends on who trades into that spot. Is it a foregone conclusion? One, two, three is going to be Wembenyana, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson in some kind of order? I mean, 
Thompson doesn't crack that top three, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. And then, you know, the Portland thing, I think they are in play to trade, whether it's Lillard or the pick. If they keep Lillard and they can get more picks for pick, by all means do it. And if you can get more picks for trading Lillard, then you're going to draft Scoot Henderson. So uh, Portland's actually in a pretty good situation to trade. I think the worst case scenario is actually they keep Lillard and make the draft pick and don't have any, you know, additional capital when they really could use some more players. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's all I really want to talk about was the top three, and, you know, we talked about some of the players, but I do want to make this one comment because, uh, you know, you had said it. Is, it. is it Imagine getting Giannis at, at the nine pick. Panther, what pick was Giannis picked at? What? Is that pick at nine? Yeah, Giannis was picked 15th. Panther. 15th. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> So there's that. Uh, did you want me to take lead on baseball? Or are you good? Uh, take the first game. All right. So a uh, light schedule today in baseball because it is a travel day. It is a Thursday. I only got a handful of games. Panthers got three. I'm only got two. Let's see if there's any overlap. I'm going to eat chalk in one, and then I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer, a little bit of a value play in the other. I don't think Panthers going to be on either of these games. Honestly, I think we're going to. I think we're going to be talking five games. The first game I'm going to talk about, uh, unfortunately, uh, the Oakland Athletics uh, have have you know they they've got all their winning out of their system. They had a nice little win streak. They're heading in Cleveland. It's a chalky line. I just I think Allen. Uh, with the start today, Cleveland at home, I think they get it done. It is super chalky, guys. I can understand you fading me in this one because of the amount of chalk I'm about to eat here, but I'm going to do it. $10 bet on Cleveland. Uh, I am on this game, and I'm in complete agreement, so much so that I'm not going to eat that chalk. I'm going to run line <laughs> it to get some value. The A's and their winning ways are way gone. They thought they were the Cincinnati Reds for a week. That went bye-bye. Logan Allen, clearly the better pitcher. Give me the uh, Cleveland Gardenians, ten bucks on the run line. Plus one eighteen on that run line, Panther. I I don't hate it. I really don't. So that's one. That's one off the list. I'm gonna get my next one out of the way here. I don't think you're on this one. Are you on Seattle and New York? Uh, I am. Oh my god! I think we're gonna be on opposite sides then, <laughs> because I I like Seattle with a plus line here. Honestly, uh, I think that there's some value here uh, against a. Yankees team, I got, I'm getting plus 104 on Seattle. It actually dropped. It was, it was plus 106 earlier. But against the Yankees team where I can't trust Herman, and I, I get it. At, uh, the, the Mariners aren't putting their best guy up. I get it. The Mariners suck on the road with 14 and 20. I get it that the Yankees offense is, is you know, starting to look a little bit better. But I'm on Seattle here with the plus line here. So where are you at, Panther? Yeah, this was actually a little midnight conversation. Ramon brought up this game. He's actually going to run line it for about plus 165. At minus 120, I don't need to run line it. But at home, I mean, I get it. You don't like Herman. He's been very inconsistent. But Wu for Seattle is below inconsistent. So that gives me even the pitching advantage with a bad pitcher. I like the Yankees at 120. So I'm going to put my 10 bucks on the Bronx Bombers. Minus 118. I'll get you minus 118. So there you go. Nice. I like so that's it for me. What else you got? One more game. We're going to look at San Diego at San Francisco. And I know we've talked about San Francisco's winning ways. They still continue. I think it comes to an end today. Blake Snell, over the last month, 
45 strikeouts in 30 innings. He's 3-0 and with a 0.6 ERA. Blake Snell, don't look now, has entered the Cy Young conversation, even though he's 3 and 6 on the season. I'm going to take Snell and the Fathers for 10 bucks. I'm going to give you some moral support here. I'm going to throw this into the parlay with our Cleveland pick, and we'll have to pick out a third one. I totally agree. I think uh, San Francisco's winning streak comes to an end today. Uh, Cincinnati's does not. Cincinnati's winning streak continues on past today, at least. Uh, they're not going to lose today. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I agree. Moral support lean on San Diego, which which puts us in a conundrum, Panther. We have to pick a third game. Now, granted, I we did technically hit the parlay yesterday, a two-game parlay yesterday. I know I could have picked any other game because I won them all, but the one that I picked didn't play. <laughs> um, so I've got a pro- I, you, let me you, give you a proposal here. Okay, what's your proposal? I got something. San Diego and San Francisco. We got Snell versus Wood. I'm seeing a total of eight and a half. I love the under. I, can, I can't I, listen. I can throw the under in if you want to. I, I would feel better if maybe we took the Braves again. Elder on the mound. Uh, yeah, I got, lost the value with uh, Smith Shaver yesterday. Went from a plus line to what a minus one twenty. But I'm okay with that. We can take the Braves. Braves are minus one hundred four. That was a plus line before when I was looking at it. But they're minus one hundred four. But I, I, let's take the Braves in the, in this one. So let's do. Um, what do we got we got uh, Cleveland. We're just gonna do the minus one seventy five. San Diego. Ooh. Minus one twenty five, and the Braves minus one hundred four, and that parlay is going to pay us out four twenty eight. Not a great parlay. We're eating some chalk on these three, but I feel pretty good about it. I like it. I like it. I can handle it. We'll run with it. That is our parlay for the day. You guys know we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. I even made a post on Twitter today. Completely forget what it was. It must have been funny because I did it. Uh, But mostly, it's right here in the asylum. You guys can come in here and shoot the shit with us. Have a good time. Call us out by name. Great bunch of guys in here. They'll holler back. We'll holler back. But most importantly, let us know what you did yesterday, what you're doing today. When it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools.